Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, Indie Rap Radio, and as well as right here on Block Talk Radio. Your host, Oscar Lopez, here. Uh, we're going to be having a great episode today, um, also a sad uh, episode to start off on, but uh, 268 in the house here. We are going to have um, WNFC News, WFA News, LFL Week 1. We're going to have NFL Draft kind of a preview here with Junior Pardo in about 40 minutes. Then we have an interview in about an hour and 15 minutes. We'll have an interview with Chris Sako, or Sako of the Utah Girls Football League uh, and their fifth year anniversary of that league. And so we'll be touching base with that. We'll also go into week uh, two in terms of the preview. We'll go back to week one in terms of the results. Uh, week one in WNFC, pretty successful. Week one in WFA, pretty exciting as well. And we're going to be talking the rest of the leagues as well, XXFL in Texas, WFL in Mexico. Um, so we got a lot of stuff to kind of dive into. Unfortunately, right now uh, we got news um, a little bit ago, about a day ago, um, we got news that um, the WNFC Seattle Majestics, um, one of their uh, former players and you know, all-star Jennifer Moss, uh, great baller and great, great contributor to the success of the Majestics on and off the field, uh, passed away. So our condolences go out to uh, um, Coach McCarron out there and all the players on the Seattle Majestics um, for their loss of their former player and athlete. And so um, if you go to our Facebook page at the hub at facebook.com forward slash great on beauties, uh, Rebecca Fernandez, put up a nice little gallery there and we shared it on some of the uh, highlighted moments of uh, Jennifer Moss. And so we wish uh, the Moss family uh, our condolences and prayers in this, uh, you know, tragic situation that always is not a good thing, but uh, we got to remember the good times and that's what we're here for. So um, let's bring in our co-host being here. Uh, we should have Troy Wilson here in about probably an hour or so, if, if anything, uh, and like I said, we will have Junior Pardo talking NFL news in the aftermath of the AAF. And we will have, um, you know, we're talking about pretty much all women's football. So being uh, kind of a sad day today to get the notice on there. And uh, this is Seattle Logistics, obviously, uh, you know, are hurting right now. Yeah, you know, it's just been a rough week for Seattle all the way around. Um, you know, I saw that she had, she had passed away, but I didn't catch how or the circumstances. Do you know? I do not know. Um, I was trying to reach out to um, uh, Coach uh, McCarron, but I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he's occupied with other more important things, obviously, sure. in that regard. And so at this point, um, 
I got Rebecca uh, Fernandez who actually posted a, a really nice uh, photos there for Jennifer Moss. So that's one of the, the things that we shared today. So like I said, our condolences go out to the Majestic family here on this, uh, you know, tragic week, especially when you have a former player that has uh, done a lot for the organization. Yeah, and just the injuries from the game and just, man, I just feel for everyone involved. That's just tough. Yeah, and then, so uh, I don't have any other information at this point um, besides what I'm, you know, talking about here, but uh, I'm pretty sure Holly could probably dive in to us uh, and give us some more details on that once things, uh, you know, get organized in, in what they're going to do with the uh, with the services and all that. Um, Bean, pretty cool weekend, WNFC, uh, Ustream, uh, Charleston Sportsnet, um, SD Rebellion, Facebook Live. Um, I mean, if you wanted to watch WNFC, there was a lot of platforms to watch WNFC football. Yeah, I actually uh, got to see quite a bit of different uh, games. Uh, I did think that it was very cool to have the one place where they, the for the WNFC, the one place where they were streaming the best quality games. I thought the streaming of all, well, let's see. Let's see, there was the Atlanta, there was the Pumas, there was the L.A. Seattle. The SD game had replays. Um, all of those were just great streams. I was just like, wow. Uh, so it was really cool. Now, you couldn't control which game you were watching at that moment unless you went to their own pages. So sometimes I would flip over to the YouTube channel for L.A. They also had the Rebellion on that channel on their Facebook page. I was trying to go to the Falcons, um, but and that one had a few difficulties, as did, you know, some other like, um, oh, the Nebraska, they were having some difficulties. So, you know, it's just the nature of the sport and the nature of technology and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was some great – it was pretty cool. The only and, the only thing I have a problem with is the excuse that we don't have Wi-Fi in that facility. So it's like you've yeah. you got to get to that stage where you got to get a carrier. You know what I mean? You, you can't rely on yeah. Wi-Fi. If you're going to get well, serious about money. streaming your games – no, you know what I mean. It's just like you, you just got to yeah. get some sort of service or feed. Uh, but I will give credit where credit is due. Uh, I really thought the uh, uh, the Atlanta, the Alabama Atlanta game was well uh, broadcasted. It was really good, mm-hmm. very entertaining. Uh, the you know the uh, broadcasters were doing a, a very good job of naming out players so we can get familiarized with certain individuals. Uh, shout yeah. out to Mexico International. Uh, sensation and former coach of uh, FX Mexico and a bronze winning champion, uh, Lizbeth Madrigan Leon, for scoring the first touchdown in women's uh, national football conference history. So it was a big moment there. I know. They were lucky. They were the first game to go. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. That was a great moment. And then uh, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Alabama had the opportunity, and I don't have the player's name, but uh, the Alabama had the opportunity to score a touchdown first, but unfortunately the player went out of bounds on the edge of the line. And then after that, uh, it didn't really happen. But they, they had the opportunity to score the first touchdown in the WNFC, you know, to kick off the WNFC season. So it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. in that sense. But uh, being – San Diego, you know, I if I had to like rank, every, you know, all the games, 
I will have to give uh, The Rebellion probably the thumbs up as the best broadcast for the week for the WNFC. Yeah, I would totally agree just because of the, the ability to do the replays. And it was close. You could see the action. It was a close game until really almost halftime. They just kind of bounced back and forth. Um, and then it was just more blown open in the second half. Uh, it was interesting to see not only their game but the other games to see. I think, you know, you and I and Troy had talked last week and gave our prognosis of who was going to win, and I think we were all correct except you guys were split on who was going to win for San Diego, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. that was the difference. Um, he, uh, uh, Troy took Rebellion, and then he and then he said Surge. And then I oh, said Surge. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, so, I, so we went that with was the good. Same. So everyone, yeah, so either it was a win as a blowout, or either it was a win and then the other team didn't score, or it was just the Seattle-LA game that was nip and tuck, and then the surge game. So okay. the Seattle, uh, the Seattle uh, Bobcat game was a train wreck, and I mean yeah. physical train wreck. I mean everybody on both yeah. sides was. I, I mean I was watching that game for a little while, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're we're carting people off the field. We're helping people off the field. I mean, so these defenses on the other side, because the offenses on both sides of Majestics and Bobcats very anemic, and the defenses right. were just taking advantage of, of offensive players. The quarterbacks looked scared. I mean, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it kind of reflects the seven to six victory. Uh, the Bobcats just get you know they just they walk away with the home win, but. Uh, I've, it, with casualties the same way, but I think Seattle got the worst of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was – I just felt like both teams kind of just lined up on the D-line and just sent them all, sent the house. And, yes, it was hard for both O-lines and quarterbacks to get into any kind of rhythm. And then uh, Seattle used two quarterbacks, and, yeah, they did, there's some big girls. L.A.'s got some big girls, uh, probably bigger than – the defensive line for Seattle, I thought, watching on film. Um, but, you know, it was the first right. game for everybody. Yeah, and I think it was good. That's why I'm saying I I, I, I have I can be negative, right? We can go yeah. negative and say, okay, this sure. is bad and this is whatever. But I think overall, uh, I think SD kind of wins the streaming mm-hmm. for me. It was very entertaining. I would have to give it the Atlanta game. Seconds on that. Charleston did pretty good with the Puma game. Uh, unfortunately, that yeah. wasn't very competitive, so I had to kind of tune that off because I know, uh, you know, North Florida was just, you know, they were just – we already anticipated that. Um, I, I'm wishing and I'm hoping that the hippies will learn from this and coming up this next week that they will put up some sort of a fight because they're playing against Alabama, both teams in in a desperate need of a win. Uh, Alabama is 0-1, taking the loss from um, – or again, shut out at Atlanta. And then the hippies obviously getting routed, um, forty-seven to zero. So these two teams coming up here is really crucial for them. You got uh, the fire against the hippies. We uh, presume the fire would win at this point. Uh, they did have some offensive starting point, but never never got into the end zone. So, but we don't know. I mean, the hippies could have learned a lot from that loss. Um, week two here looks at Atlanta against the Pumas, which I really want to see. And this will be a big test for both teams. And this is going to kind of affect the rankings, big time in the rankings. Because Pumas currently are fourth. Uh, uh, the Phoenix is currently third. 
so we'll see if and, and you know what happens there with the rankings in, in that regard. Uh, Utah, we we didn't. Utah, I will tell you right now, and all the audience that's listening here, Utah, there's nobody in the WNFC that's going to take down Utah besides the Spartans. So just just throwing it out there right now, okay? Taking it and to the bank, guys. The rematch, <laughs> the rematch, the rematch will be a beauty because that's going to be like at the middle of the season almost. So Utah, Texas Elite, that's what we want to watch. So at this point, I don't want to disrespect the rest of the teams, but uh, they, you know, Falcons are on another level. That's all I'm saying right now. So, you know, and that's going to just being upfront and bold about it. Uh, Las Vegas didn't have a prayer. That's all I'm saying right now. Um, and well, then, I uh, will so, say that, like the so, hippies and some of those other teams, they've got some great athletes. And so I don't know how how much football a lot of the players have played, if there are a lot of rookies. And even Utah has a lot of rookies. The difference is, is that – it's like Dallas. Both teams have experienced coaching staff with experienced right, players, exactly. and then you have your rookies. And they just have systems right. that work really well. And San Diego Surge has a great coaching staff as well. And right. so those kind of things ring true when you have a young team, as everyone has rookies. So it just depends on we'll say what's your what's your catalyst. I just think it comes down to coaching. So I do think that's a great statement. I have no problems with your bold statement. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Well, I'm, the only thing I'm saying is the if you look at the rankings and if you look at the top six or top five, for example, and those those are structured long-term tenured programs. You know what I mean? You look at the right. bottom, the, the rest of the squads. To your point, uh, we need to be surprised. You know what I mean? Is is Denver going to mm-hmm. step up? Is Las Vegas going to step up? Uh, we know Nebraska stepped up even with their circumstances, with their weather and everything else that's going on in their, in their, uh, you know, in, in their homeland area. Um, I, I was very impressed with Nebraska. I think Nebraska for me would be the sleeper right now. I, unless I Denver, unless Denver can put up some sort of mustering win against Utah, which I don't see and Seattle being banged up and the mass unit that it is right now with the emotional aspect of, you know, Jennifer Moss, the passing of Jennifer Moss. Um, this is, the Silver Stars moment to either win out against Seattle. Uh, but I know these girls in Seattle, more than likely they're going to come out fighting, especially with all this emotion they got. I don't think they want to go down at, at home and win a loss. Um, yeah, and I think Seattle so we'll has a lot that. more experienced players too. No, correct. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited for uh, L.A. San Diego. I really am. Rebellion, Bobcat, this is – Nenji Martin proved to me that you got a bulldozing quarterback in that team. And the only reason that the the rebellion couldn't stay toe to toe with San Diego is because you said better program, better scheming, all that stuff. But don't, you know, the rebellion here really after LA has fought Seattle in this tough physical battle, this will be Los Angeles's big test. It's can they Mm -hmm. compete with the big dogs? Because, San Diego proved last year that they were able to go into D2 and deep into D2 and really be competitive. They're not – I don't think they're coming to step away. And based on their, uh, their loss against uh, the surge, they did put up 14 points. And to your point, half, before the half, it was pretty tight. And then, you know, the surge run away with it a little bit. So I, I think offensively, San Diego's got what it takes. And defensively, I think they're pretty stout, too. And I saw their uh, defensive line. So 
at this point, it looks that like uh, this is rebellion country and Southern Cal battle one more time here. I, I'm liking the matchup, in other words. Yes, I agree that uh, the Rebellion, I predict, are going to win the game. Um, I think that the Rebellion need to be a little more um, – they're, they're a lot of quarterback, Nenji, uh, that's a lot of where they're getting their firepower from. they got to diversify a little bit. And I mean, like right. San Diego, they know their strengths are their O-line, so they win with their strength, and they just went with their strength, and they just ran that ball. And there was several times there was two – I saw two drives that were one-play scoring drives. And it's not like uh, the Rebellion don't have some good athletes. And they both have 30 people, you know, 30-whatever people on their rosters. And so, and they have players that have played on the surge and, you know, all around in the different teams in that whole Southern California area. So they have, both teams have experienced players. So you got to go with your strengths, but I do think that they need to, um, Rebellion needs to diversify and, and, uh, L.A., they've got to figure out what their identity is other than just being big and being aggressive. They've got to have a better offensive output and game plan. So it'll be a good game. I don't know. You know, being – all I'm saying is when you when you watch the game, uh, you know, hats off to both defenses on the Majestics and, and the Bobcats because, really, they own that game. They made it yeah. that kind of game. And at the at the end – you know, it was trauma <laughs> everywhere on both sides. Yeah. You got injuries coming, yeah. everything, you know. And so I don't think, I mean, unless the, unless the Bobcats are going to heal up in a week, they got issues against going to San Diego. That's all I'm saying. Because San Diego is coming off of a nice competitive matchup against the Surge. They don't win, but they played very well against San Diego, which obviously at this point, San Diego's top three. So there's, you know, nothing to be afraid of, in other words. Um, Texas Elite. There was no question, uh, God, no question there. I'm, I'm just like Utah. Um, it just, yeah. Sorry for the heat. They got no heat. The heat had yeah. no heat. And the elite yeah. Spartans, that just, you know, I'm just saying Utah, Texas, elite Spartans. I can't, I'm going to go week to week here, and I'm probably not going to say anything but the fact that, you know, check it off. Check it off until Utah, Texas, elite collide. And then we'll see you know, one of those a drop off. But at this point, it's just tough. And, and they have so many, so many weapons to your point. And they got so many veterans. They got, you know, the structure is so much better in the, on those two teams that it's just a disadvantage, I guess, in a way. Well, I predict since they play in the regular season and neither of the two teams play San Diego's, either of the San Diego's, wait, the Falcons don't, but you know what? Now I can't remember if Dallas comes out or if one of those teams go over. Now I can't remember, but I don't, think so because I think that they don't cross over as much because um, I know Nebraska comes out to the Falcons but hmm, now I can't remember but if uh, I, I predict that it'll they have to play in the regular season and they'll, they I predict they'll play in the championship um, but you know injuries and all those kind of things can change things but and you have to play you got to play the games no matter what but that's my prediction along with yours yeah no um I'm impressed with Nebraska. I really checked it out. It was really nice. Um, I think they have something good going on there. Um, this is a big test for them. I will be very impressed. They can stay competitive with the Spartans, you know, for like a two-quarter period or something of that sure. nature, or keep it within three touchdowns of some sort, or if they can put up points. If they put up points, if, if Nebraska goes into Texas and can put up, 
you know, 14 points at the most, 14 points, I will be very happy and impressed with that program because if you can put up 14 points against the Spartans, you are uh, almost getting to, an, as they would call, an elite level. You're working your way up there. Because if you can yeah. score on Utah and if you can score on, and, on Texas Elite, then your program's growing. You know what I mean? Because that's the benchmark. Utah, Texas is the benchmark, and that's where everybody has to shoot for. Can they collide with them and be competitive and give them a fight? And so I think uh, Nebraska, if you're listening, the Nighthawks, very impressed in week one. Hats off to you. Um, the, the terror and the nightmare that it is, the elite Spartans, that's your, that's your next obstacle. I, I think you've got, you got to go in there on the road and, you know, just give it your best, in other words. I think they have that. They played pretty well you against gotta, Denver, so. you got to go in there with the idea that you're a competitor and an athlete. And, yeah. you know, what kind of athletes are we if we think that we don't want to play the best competition? If you don't, then, then you aren't a true competitor and you're a true athlete, even if you aren't sure you're going to win, even if you have doubts. The mentality is, is I'm going in and I'm letting it all hang out, and when I'm done – it won't matter because I gave everything I had. And I do think some of that's missing in this sport, you know, that people can proclaim they have a lot of passion and they can say they love women's football and they can say all these love things. But at the end of the day, I've seen a lot of talk. And I'm saying over my 10 years, I've seen a lot of talk, a lot of chatter, and then the the true competitors just don't always line up to play. And so I think if Nebraska can go in there and just even if they don't score, I mean, and that's saying that's making it sound like I have no hope for them, but I just think you got to go in there. Like, right, I'm going to play Goliath and bring it on, and that's what you go. And they've got Nebraska's yeah. got players that have played football before. There's been teams up there, and I know on their squad they have players that have experience playing football. So it's not like they're oh, no, all there's no doubt. in their first game. There's no yeah. doubt that the Nighthawks have some ballers, and that's what I'm saying. Yep. If they can put up at least 14 points. You know, seven, 14 points, that will be a really good uh, uplift for them. They move up in the rankings as well uh, into the middle of the pack. That makes a big difference for the playoffs. So at this point, you know, week two only, we're talking playoffs all the way in week eight. But technically, you got to be up in that, you know, in that realm. So uh, Alabama, New Orleans, week two. Atlanta, uh, North Florida Pumas, uh, it's going to be week two. And you can catch the – Pumas on Charleston Sports Net, or you can go to the WNFC uh, TV, I mean, WNFC.TV, and you can catch all the games there as well. Utah at Denver, okay, uh, Las Vegas Stars against Seattle, and the Bobcats taking on the Rebellion for the Southern California class there, and then you got um, Nebraska traveling to uh, Texas to take on the Elite, so that's the uh, matchups coming up in week two in the, Game of the WNFC. Week is- Rebellion. Mm-hmm. Rebellion in L.A., game of the week. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on it. I'm watching that. I'm, there's no way I'm, <laughs> I'm missing it. It's, you know, it's L.A. versus San Diego. That, that is the marquee game of the week. Um, check out the promo at the Hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. I want to thank everybody that's gone to the Hub, shared our, our posts, has commented, has expressed it, liked our page. Uh, if, you, if you want to give us a review, this is an awesome page, whatever review. We have not been reviewed yet, so let's flood the reviews. Give us your perspective of what you think of the page. So 
so we can get some traction there. But I want to thank everybody that's gone there, sharing posts, uh, offering stuff, networking with us, all that stuff. So we always appreciate uh, photographers that can supply with us some still photos, anybody that's got links to stories, any of that stuff. So really, really appreciate you guys kind of supporting the whole realm of the sport. Um, and we cover internationally as well as domestically as well. So really, really appreciate that. And just so you guys know, uh, 40% off at the No Joke Football Shop, all T-shirts, all leggings, and more, 40% off up till tomorrow night, midnight Pacific time. So if you want to take advantage of getting anything at the shop, the No Joke Football original throwback uh, T-shirt, anything else that's on the shop, 40% off, take advantage of it. And if you subscribe to Zazzle Black, 10 bucks for the year, 9.99 gets you free shipping. Free shipping for the year. You can save over $200 if you, you buy from us often, if that's the case. So you can save over $200 if that's the case. Um, so go to the shop today, 40% off. Ends tomorrow, April 10th, midnight Pacific. Um, so that's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern, I believe. And so check it out. Support our uh, cause and also go to the hub and keep going to the hub, and we really appreciate it. We have reached uh, uh, being, I think I said two weeks ago, we're at a level of reach engagement, almost 10,000. So we are now almost at 12,000 weekly. We have 12,000 people that come to the hub weekly on a reach. So we're reaching about 12,000 people on engagement. In other words, commenting, people coming to see the, the, the posts and everything else. Engagement is at seven and a half. So we only have 69 followers, 6,900 followers. So we are engaging more than what that, pe that more, more people like our page, basically, which is huge. And I really appreciate everybody helping us out with that, bringing the attention to the sport, not just on the U.S. and North America level, but also internationally. So uh, thank you for everybody to doing, doing your part. And our podcast is uh, basically supported by Zazzle.com. It's been supported by Zazzle.com for basically six years. We, it's our anniversary this month, and so we really appreciate of uh, Zazzle. So go to Zazzle, use the code SPRINGSEASON up to tomorrow, 40% off, and every week during the week you can get up to 25% off with special codes. So um, there you go. So if you haven't dived into our shop at the Nojo Football Shop, check it out at Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. All right, so we got we got to pay the bills, you know what I mean? So that's gotta I gotta figure that out. Um, <laughs> let's see here, um, because it's not free, you know that, right? We we're not on air for free. Oh. So yeah, yeah. Nothing's think, free, as we say. We we all pay to play, right? We all pay to play. We all pay <laughs> we to play. play. <laughs> and we, so I, I want to, you know, it's really awesome that Zazzle supports us and stuff, but we also have to be, you know, very supportive of them. So we gotta like, you know, pitch them as well to try to get some and you can get pretty cool stuff there marvel stuff uh disney stuff there's a lot of stuff even if from our shop it's always the other stuff so um That's very cool being um boston goes to tampa and we already knew renegades were going to pull out but on top of that international superstar ruth mata of the birmingham lions just a blazing with touchdowns up in tampa and if you didn't catch it, you can catch it on the video there uh, that was supplied at the Hub. Check it out. Ruth Mata of the six-time champion Birmingham Lions of Baffa women just literally shined, just put the Renegades on the map. So uh, we already knew the champs were going in there to win. So 
Uh, at this point, they took care of business. They were supposed to take care of business. 61 to 7 was the take care of business. And I, you know, I applaud Tampa Bay for trying to keep it as close game as possible. But, you know, when you bring talent like that and you got Cahill and everybody else around Cahill and the returning vets and stuff, Boston's tough to beat. Well, that was a that's a long plane ride. I'm assuming they flew from Boston down to Tampa. Holy moly! Um, you, you know, I look at Allison Cahill as kind of the last of the long time QBs that were in the league already when I jo- when I started playing. So, I mean, I look at the Chicago Force QB. Um, oh my gosh, her name uh, Samantha Sammy, Sammy, Sammy Grisopi. And, you know, the San Diego QB, uh, Melissa Gallegos, and then there was the D.C. QB, Ham, uh, Hamlin. No. Uh, oh, gosh. Allison Hamlin. Yes, Allison Hamlin, yeah. And, uh, you know, just all those longtime QBs that have just retired in the last few years. And, oh, uh, Pittsburgh QB, Horton. So Lisa those Horton. were all longtime. Yeah, Lisa Horton. Those were all, tong, all longtime QBs. So Cahill's like the last one. She's like the last one that was in the league when I came in 10 years ago. So they're just, I mean, they're loaded with talent and just their scheme and everything they do. So what are you going to say? And they, they don't, there's only seven Division One teams. So other than D.C. and D.C. stocked, I just predict those two are going to be hanging out at the end. So the, the problem with the WFA, if you know, we don't want to go negative after week one, one here, but let's, just one one problem. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the issue, the issue with the WFA is, it's just it's just disproportionate. It's really what it is. You have too much D3, you have minimal D2, and you literally killed D1 because you have yeah. Boston and DC on the Northeast. You have Cali War and Portland on the West Coast. You have uh, our Impact, Dallas Elite, and the Titans. I want to just see a go on record here. The Titans do not belong in D1. They belong in D2. You can put Minnesota in D1 because they deserve to be in D1. And based on the, the win against Kansas City, I really truly believe Minnesota should be classified as D1. Yeah, I agree. And it's strange because I feel like the top the top tier teams that were greater and better and higher quality like three, four, five years ago. And then now I feel like our quality of top teams, the, as the higher numbers of them, so I feel like there's just a handful now. Whereas three to five years ago there was like 10 or 12. And so I don't know what caused that. I just feel like the sport's growing, and yet, in my opinion, I don't think it's as good. I don't think the product is as good as it was three to five years ago. Now, does that mean that the USA is not going to win the gold medal the next time they go play? I still think the USA has the overall top talent worldwide. But other other nations are catching up. They're playing, and, and it comes down to coaching. So I feel like are the D3 teams just not being – asked to play up more and I think there's some D2 teams that need to be D1 and so that we can build the top tier and plus you're charging D1 more fees than everyone else so who wants to pay the higher fees 
So And that's what I'm know, saying. Just, there is the issue there is the issue that I'm getting at is you're not making it easy for any of these, you know, owners per se yeah. to really step up to another level. I really think at this point the WFA needs to keep the tier system. They need to go to the system that the uh, FFX Mexico does, which is if you're going to slot, let's say, eight teams in Division One, right? The the team with the worst record in Division One, for example, then they mm-hmm. get they get relegated to Division Two, and the champion from Division Two would then be given the opportunity to step up to D1. See what I'm saying? So yep, totally you've like got to have that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? You, you, the competitive hunger is to say, yep. uh, am I worthy of being elite at, at the elite level in this league? Because if you give everybody the opportunity, everybody's shooting for something. At the end right. of the day, we have, you know, two teams, in, they're going to kill each other on the East Coast uh, three times uh, out of the year. And then the rest of the time they're playing D2 and D3 teams, which isn't right. very going to be very competitive. And then that, that does a disservice to D2 and D3. Because D3, if you play a D3, uh, a D3 team plays a D1, what happens? It's an automatic loss. And Massey's going to crush you, just going to crush you. So you're, you're at a disadvantage already. So I, there's, there's concerns everywhere. I mean, well, I was on the group boards uh, earlier today. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that have concerns about that. And I think the reality is that um, because certain teams shifted out of the WFA to the WNFC, to your point, the product now needs to be evaluated. And who is worthy of that? Um, in other words, you know, Pittsburgh being downgraded to D2 doesn't do any good to the WFA because Pittsburgh should yeah, have been D1. Then we have, then we have Boston, D.C., Pittsburgh in that, in that realm which you have in the Midwest, you have an Arlington, Dallas, KC, which is fine, but then you only have two teams in the Pacific. So it's like, yeah. And what's you know. Portland supposed to do? Like they'll never play a D1 team unless they're playing Cal, the, the old right, war angels. Exactly. And, and, and then in the Cal playoffs, got, they have to Their game got forfeited. Cal's first know, game got forfeited. This is no different than last year when the Warriors games got forfeited. You know, it's just, yeah. anyways, Let's go with the excitement of week one because I don't want to just okay. go – I don't want to go on a negative and a downer. Anyways, th- those okay. are issues that we're going to have to air out by the end of the year or starting next year, things that the committee of the WFA really needs to reevaluate, um, you know, in terms of their branding, in terms of that. But, you know, the too many D3 teams doesn't do a good uh, – doesn't do a good thing for the brand, That's all, you know, because it doesn't do it service. Um, for example – being the slam yep. returns and the slam yep. slams the Wildcats, the division three runner up Wildcats, 35 to zero. Guess what? The slam is back. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if that was going to happen because they, you don't know what they have. They have been playing for a year. So yeah, that was a, that was a bigger win than I, I just wasn't sure about that. But um but yeah, I mean, and and back to your point about the competition, I actually do agree. This is a good thing to say about the WFA. I actually like less rounds because then you really do have to be the top to be able to go to the playoffs. And so you can't just all make the playoffs, right? Now I know the problem is that the, the D1 teams kind of all make the playoffs, but then that should give you an incentive if you're not want, don't want to compete against 30 other D2 teams to get into the playoffs. So. Um, the slam will be interesting to watch because I, I expected more out of KC. 
and that looks like they're not going to, as far as Midwest teams, maybe not pan out as much. Dallas we just need to watch. Um, so, yeah, I think whoever gets to the playoffs, it'll be a more competitive playoff, and it'll be worth the travel cost for the teams that are in it. Yeah, I think just D1 was disserviced this year. That's all I'm saying. D1 was really yeah. disserviced. And D2 was really kind of punished because they got to carry the brand. And so when I say carry the brand is most of the D2 teams are really going to be the teams that we're watching with right now. And so Minnesota, for example, 17-13 win, uh, Town Square TV. If you missed it, you can go back and replay it there. Great broadcast that they have. Um, Minnesota, 17-13, to a uh, big test for Kansas City early on. They're the D1 team, big loss for them, and a big win for Minnesota. Is the Sowers girl still playing for KC this year, the wide receiver? I don't have a, a KC roster, but I know one of okay. them is playing still. And right, I mean, right. they got talent. They got talent in Kansas City. This is a rivalry game, anyways. But what I'm saying is, uh, to me, it's like Minnesota should be D1 and KC should be yeah. D2. But reality is, uh, Minnesota has won against Kansas City more times, I believe, if I'm wrong, but I believe they've won more times against Kansas City. So it's a really good program that Laura Brown has up there. So at this point, hats off to them. They get their first win. Uh, and then Mile High also goes and takes care of Rocky Mountain. One of the issues that um, Gwen uh, had was that she plays mostly D3 teams, and when it comes down to the playoffs, you know, her team isn't really totally battle-tested. So, uh, But give credit to Rocky Mountain. They were pretty pretty competitive last year in terms of the playoffs. So 40-6, to six, Mile High out there, um, you know, Smooth Laurie and uh, Sasha Cruz are no joke football uh, supporters out there and athletes. Um, so they get the win, 40 to six. So it's pretty pretty good win for them. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how close the game would be. I thought it might be a little closer, um, but because I've played with a couple, well, I've played with players from both the teams. So the, uh, Mile High has a big roster, and. Uh, uh, you know, the Falcons are always trying to play mile high. So anytime Wynn wants to take them up on that, that would be a good game, especially because the rosters are both good-sized rosters. And like I said, I've played with the athletes, more athletes from mile high than Rocky Mountain, and they got some great athletes over there. So, yeah, that would be a great matchup. So, um, Well, yeah, we Rocky already Mountain knew coming in. Roster. Yeah, we already knew coming in, you know, the combination of Smooth Laurie and Fornell. I mean, that's just <laughs> – Kind of a disadvantage. Yeah, already. yeah. Did they anyways, score together? I don't you know, know yet. Uh, I was trying to look at the stats when they upload the stats, but I, I couldn't get any of that. But um, the other game that is just, you know, this Orlando Anarchy is just uh, a program that is determined to be on the map in the WFA. And for three years running now, they are what I would consider the cream of the crop in D3. There's no question. They are the Utah of D3. Um, 33 yeah, to 0, they, they take their up. deck. Yeah, and, and just they should be supported. They should be getting some funding. They should, Somehow somebody needs to elevate Orlando to another level because uh, they deserve it, number one. Um, 33 to 0 against uh, Dixie, uh, Jacksonville Dixie Blues. And so you can catch the touchdown there of the Orlando game uh, on at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. So hats off to the Orlando Anarchy to kick off their season and in good fashion, 33-0. It's a good sign. So um, this week 
week two. I got my notes here. Let's see week two here. Uh, Oh, I forgot to mention since I'm, so I don't go off the tracks here. Congratulations to the Las Muertes, the Las Cruces uh, community. 2,200 people stands. It's, I, I don't think I've ever seen that in nine years. Nobody's ever said anywhere in the WFA or even in women's football. I don't think I've seen a big, a big ass crowd like that. So congratulations to them for their hard work in the community and getting the word out. You get 2,200 fans in there. That's almost, that's unheard of, but awesome. Yeah. For a regular season game. I know there's been some big crowds that I've been a part of for postseason, but for a regular season game, in the state of New Mexico, where football's kind of new, which might be working to their advantage, actually. Um, just yeah. that, hey, this is a new thing, and let's check it out. And I love I their colors. The girls. Yeah. I love their colors. Their color scheme yeah. is so cool, and their logo is so cool. I mean, it's, just, it's yeah. I love their colors. Yeah. Um, it so seems very New Mexico. It was a great, yeah, great atmosphere. Um, impressive for a D3 team. Very impressive mm-hmm. for them to have 2,200 people in the stands to watch their games. So awesome. They get to face the Phoenix Phantoms. So win number two for Las, Cru- Las Cruces, La Muerte de Las Cruces uh, coming up here. Um, yep. That's one of the, the games that I'm highlighting for D3. The other D3 game that we're highlighting is Iowa, Phoenix, which is Mac- McKenzie's, uh, McKenzie's uh, squad taking on the Arkansas Wildcats, coming off that big beat down by the St. Louis Slam, 35-0. Should be a good game here um, in both sides. And then Kansas City uh, will take on St. Louis. Uh, so I don't know if the Titans know this, but the Slam is back. <laughs> and Taylor Hay is back. <laughs> so, I wasn't uh, sure she was playing. Yeah, is she playing? Is she playing? As far as I heard, yes. Okay, okay. So, I knew she'd had a baby and just things like that, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, that's not going to stop her, I don't think, to being a running okay. back. <laughs> She's very talented. So so yeah. I'm just saying St. Louis is very talented. Um, a lot of the players from St. Louis played, I believe, last year on the KC squad. So there are no strangers, obviously, to the coaching staff and to everything else. Um, so this is going to be a good matchup, Midwest battle here. Uh, St. Louis slam against Kansas City. We have Columbus at Derby City. Columbus at Derby City um, in the D2. And then we also have Capital City uh, taking on the Cleveland Fusion. Fusion went toe-to-toe with the Passion, 26-20. And so that worked well for them. Capital City really played really well in week one here. So we're going to see exactly who's going to come on top here. Uh, And then we have Baltimore Nighthawks, which an impressive week one uh, taking on the Philly Phantoms. So this is going to be a great clash in the Northeast as well. So this is a good matchup right here for the WFA. Yeah, and D.C. plays this weekend. They had a bye last week. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, D.C.'s, uh, I mean, I I don't, you know, the Divas usually play really well. So I'm just going to wait and see here. But Boston takes on the new look, former Sharks, the Wolves. So we'll see how they, you know, how they hang out with the with the champs at this point. Given Ruth Mata's outstanding running game, uh, New York should be very, very worried because it looks like that girl's got, like, boom effect. Just, you know, cuts and everything else is nice. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, Oregon Hawks win their first game. They're D3, 
and they're going to be taking on the Portland Shockwave, which Portland is coming off the 41-13 to win over Tacoma. Portland really shouldn't fall to anything, but that's why they play the games. And Oregon, mm-hmm. if they're up for it, this could be an upset. I could see an upset but, here. Now, I thought Oregon was the team. They only have 12 players. Or is that Eugene? Getting my Oregon team. I think it was Eugene. Okay, Eugene has 12 players. All right, very good. So I'm thinking uh, hopefully uh, PDX doesn't have this to be a letdown game because that'll be huge. That'll be almost – it'll be almost as huge as um, when Alabama beat uh, Atlanta, remember, in that 6-0 win last year in the rain or whatever. Yeah. So Oregon Hawks, if you're listening, this is prime time. (laughs) You want to make a statement? This is prime time. This is prime well, time. So, uh, they... Also because I don't feel like Oregon Shockwave is really a D1 team, in my opinion. I think they should be D2. So, But they're they're D1 right now. So that's it would be a crushing blow Massey rankings for the Shockwave and then a huge thing for exactly. the – Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we got a, a Pittsburgh clash, a, a D2 against D1. It is the Divas against the Passion. The Passion coming off that 26 to 20, uh, you know, uh, competitive matchup against the Cleveland Fusion. And this is the marquee game of the week. I, I think if you have to put the WFA on the map here, it is D.C. Pittsburgh. It's the one game you want to watch. Um, the other game you probably need to watch is probably, uh, like we talked about earlier, Boston, New York. Champs are always exciting to watch. And so um, those are the two games that I'm going to be paying attention to. And then um, if you really want some sort of, you know, mud, grind, and everything else, it's going to be Baltimore, Philadelphia. And so those are are my picks. I could be wrong. Um, You guys, if you have different picks, you guys can always voice them uh, on the comments at the the hub at facebook.com forward slash Brenner Beauties under the the podcast post. So tell us what your picks are for this week and any upsets that you think on it. So Derby City – Coming in and really good crushing blow this week. Put up almost, I think, over 60 points. And they're taking on Columbus. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, other key games in D3, because a lot of people say, oh, you don't talk about D3. You don't talk about D3. Okay, well, let's go talk about D3. <laughs> we leave that to Burmy. That's Burmy's job. I know. We leave that to Burmy, but <laughs> everybody wants to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just shout out to a couple teams here. Uh, Baltimore Nighthawks, 61-22 against Richmond. Richmond. Really, it's uh, East Coast class there, and it turns out the, the Nighthawks obviously, um, you know, played better there. Uh, Music City, 46-0 win. Wisconsin and against the Vanguards, very close game, 29-26. Very competitive game for both teams. Uh, Iowa edges Tulsa, 13-6, to get their first win uh, as a franchise. South Oregon, 52-0 to against the Seattle Spartans, uh, the former uh, Everett Rain. And so uh, Oregon, 14-6 to against Utah Blitz. And then uh, it's Ventura, Wolfpack, 14-8 to against Phoenix. And it was the uh, Dark Angels, 20-6 to against Columbus Comets. I'm only mentioning D3 when it is a competitive matchup. I'm not going to come on here and give you scores of somebody blew out 70-0. to Just doesn't, yeah. doesn't do us any justice, okay? We yeah. want to give a shout out to those 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 games that were very competitive and obviously they played 
a very good, very good competitive game. So that's some of the scores that I, that I saw there. Um, so go to WFAProFootball.com, get the schedule there. If you want to watch the live stream, you can go to our hub at Facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We'll have the links there, or you can go to the official page at WF, uh, Women's Football Alliance on Facebook. And then you know, also the WNFC, WNFC TV, um, WNFC.TV, and you'll get that as well. And you always can go to the hub as well or the Twitter feed as well. All right, so um, let's see here, uh, Bean. Let's go into what else we got going on besides the WFA and the WNFC in Texas, the XXFL, Texas Week 8. Um, at this point, there was uh, inclement weather, Cobras, the, uh, the Cobras, 33-12 to 12 was the score at the time against River City Sirens winning. And so because of weather, they will replay the game next week uh, within the same quarter span. And then the champion generals, 12 over Kingsville Empire. And Corpus Christi Divas, 41-6 to 6 against the Texas Lady Spartans. So as it stands right now in week eight, uh, the generals are still undefeated, 7-0. South Texas Cobras pending the uh, results of the game here which was River City ahead. Both teams uh, kind of eyeing for a playoff spot. Um, Cobras 5-1, and one. River City 4-2. and two. So it's a big matchup there in terms of the win. Uh, Kingsville 3-4, and four, they dropped to that. Corpus Christi improves at 3-4. and four. So there's a battle there in the middle to, of the rankings. Top four teams make the playoffs, so Corpus Christi really needs to start, you know, making some inroads. Loretto is 1-5 probably out of the playoff picture now, and um, Lady Spartans are 0-7. So this Texas um, XXFL is pretty exciting also in terms of the football swing. Yeah, I think they do a great job of being relevant. And and considering they're not 11 on 11, right, they're 9 on 9, correct? I believe so, yeah, 9 on 9. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do a great job of drawing attention to themselves and keeping the social media going and the highlights and uh, – yeah, I think they do as well as the WSFL or WP. No, the, the the league the prodigy is in. WSFL is that was that the right terminology? USWSL. Yeah, there we USWSFL. go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, trying to keep all the anacronisms straight. Um, yeah, I think they do a great job as well as that league is. So I think they're going to be growing. That's my that's perception I get, and I I feel like they play pretty good football. So. Well, That's and I think they're they're going they're going on uh, trying to get some live stream going for the next season. So hopefully that's going to pan out for them. But we'll see how that works mm-hmm. out. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the USWFL Week Two, the champion back-to-back champion Washington Prodigy, zero uh, and two. I mean, I'm zero and two, two and zero now. Uh, coming off their first week uh, Week One win, forty-two to zero, and so they uh, take care of forty-eight to zero. They take on DMV Lady Knights. So they went out. So they're 0-2 undefeated. Hampton Roads Lady Gators, which are the Iron Woman champions from last year, um, 2-0 as well. And they're 40-8. Win over Fayetteville Fierce. Uh, If you want to catch anything to do with the USWSFL, go to uh, JC Hawks at at JC underscore Hawks, and you can catch uh, Coach Johnson's podcast. And he talks everything that has to do with the USWSFL. So it's a very entertaining. So check it out on JC underscore Hawks on Twitter, or uh, you can do it on JC Hawks on Facebook, or you can go directly to the uh, USWFL uh, page on Facebook, and they'll get the link to the podcast there. His podcast is on our uh, exactly on our time as well, 6 p.m. 
on Tuesdays. So you can always catch it on replay as well. So under the JC Hawks radio. Um, so there you go. Uh, WFL um, in Mexico, week three is April 13th. And this was uh, V Queens taking on, uh, I'm sorry, Amazonas 36 to eight. They, they basically take care of the champs, uh, Red Devils. Not a very good showing for the Devils at this point, but they get the win. So Amazonas are 2-0 and right now. Rangers, 26-8 to over Mambas. Uh, B-Queens, 79-0 over Vaqueras. Um, Chicharas, 29-25 against Patriots. Uh, Torianas, 20-13 uh, against the Vipers. Um, this is all legends style play in Mexico. Uh, week 3, coming up here on April 13th, we are going to have the V-Queens looking for th- three wins in a row here, taking on Vaqueras. We're 1-1 one one on Friday. And then the Mambas against Chitaras. Chitaras 2-0. Mambas 0-2. Mambas looking for a rebound win here. And then the Rangers 1-1. The Patriots 2-0-2. Patriots really playing good ball, but just can't seem to muster a win. So hopefully this is going to be the win over in Merida against the Rangers. And then the Red Devils coming off that 36-8 defeat uh, against the Amazonas. They look to take on the Vipers. So we'll see how that rebounds there. You can also catch the action of the um, LFB Cancun this weekend, the 2019 semifinals of the Torneo Sudeste, the uh, 2019 LFB Saturday, April 13th, between Bucaneras Football Cancun and Barracuda's Playa del Carmen. Uh, you can catch that on basically at the LFB.com.mx, and we'll keep tabs on that as it comes on. And it will be also streamed, I believe, on LFB Live. So we'll have we'll share that as soon as it comes up as well. Uh, Legends Football League, Seattle against LA, and it is the uh, Mist with their All-Star cast and All Fantasy squad. They take care of business against the uh, LA Temptation with the return of Anna, Annie Erler and uh, Monique Gaxiola. You can catch the game this weekend via the uh, LFL YouTube channel. Um, so we will review and recap that game next Tuesday. Uh, in in thorough, but at this point it was a 39, uh, 34-19 win by the Seattle uh, Miss. So they start off their season pretty well and looking for another Legends Cup. So that's pretty much everything up to date there for the women's game that we got going on. So a lot of stuff going on. And then overseas, um, if we haven't had enough information, overseas, uh, LNFA Femenina 7-on-7 championship happening this weekend. We'll get the details from FEFA Spain as well. Um, I want to touch on something that was brought to my attention this past week, so I just want to air it out there. Um, we had issues with the Mexican team getting to Vancouver. I don't know if you recall that being uh, the Federation wasn't supporting them. They were finding, you know, they were trying to get funds and everything to get to Vancouver for the IFAB World Championships. Um, the Spanish team, the FEFA national women's team, apparently is having the same concerns from the Federation, uh, not wanting to support them to field the team for the European championships that are coming up. So uh, we have an article there that was sent to us um, from a couple parties and it's at the hub at facebook.com. But the bottom line is it's that unfortunately the Federation doesn't see or doesn't support them at this point in terms of monetary, you know, just like the men's do. So um, I don't know what the situation thoroughly is, but that's in a nutshell, that's what it is. So it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that's that just seems like crazy politics. I'm thinking how 
Is this not something worth supporting? However, you know what? We live in America, and we have the same issues. Uh, I mean, you know, there's still people that live in Salt Lake City and never heard of the Falcons, so how would they ever know to support them? So, I don't know. People decide what they want to do with their money, but, man, that just seems crazy and weird. It's It's an international event. I don't know. It's just... Unfathomable. Well, we have but, the, we have the, we have the same issue, right? We have the same issue I, with the German team. The German team, because of the play. rift, because of the rift with the uh, IFAB umbrella. Yeah. They're not allowing the German team to play at the international level too. So it's kind of like just nuts. You know what I mean? It's just crazy that you're able to you're putting barriers basically on a sport that's wanting to grow. Yeah, and that's why I almost think. Is it more? Is it really that, or is it something strange like we don't want to give this opportunity to women? We don't want the women to embarrass us, or we don't want the women to embarrass our country, or, or just I'm trying to think outside the box because it seems like a good, healthy thing, right? Seems like a good idea to have friendlies, promote international whatevers, and so I think is it some weird thing that you, that no one's putting their finger on or really is not saying out loud. It's almost like the elephant that's in the room but no one wants to talk about it, but no one admits it. I don't know. It just seems strange to me. Yeah, and the sad part is they, they have done well in flag as well, and they've had issues in flag too, from what I'm mm-hmm. told by the players. So the flag team isn't even supported. And I can understand the – Full kit tackle team not supported because of the cost and the equipment and, you know, all that other stuff that comes with it. But a flag team, I mean, that's just – I think the, the Federation needs to reevaluate their priorities. I mean, that's my two cents to it right now. Just you got to reevaluate priorities. That's why it I mean, if, weird. If, the, if the Italian Federation can support the women and start to fill the team in, in Italy and in France and in Austria and in Czechoslovakia, you got to be kidding me in Spain. You're not going to be able to do that. It's like, that just sounds like <laughs> wrong. Uh, I know. Seems that's why I keep thinking something's missing. What's the piece that's missing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Pol- politics more than likely than anything getting yeah. involved with stuff. Um, we spotlighted or uh, on the Facebook at the, at the hub uh, spotlighted uh, by the Seattle Majestics uh, was the uh, international sensation, Cody Fuller multi-time champion, obviously, in Gold Coast, Stingrays, women's uh, gridiron. And so you can go to the hub every week. Our staff, myself, everybody, we work our asses off to put stuff up there that are relevant, impactful, that spotlight certain players, features certain uh, certain things that are posted, coverage, stills, uh, you know, links to stories, things like that, uh, whether it be legend style, whether it be traditional full kit. And so, uh, like I said before, I really, really appreciate it. Everybody coming to the hub now, uh, we're reaching over 10,000 and then we're engaging almost seven and a half. So, uh, you're really, really appreciate you guys doing that and brings attention to the sport, not just to, not just to our page, but it also brings attention to the fact that people come to the page and the first comments I get being, I had no idea that, that, this sport existed, that, that women play American football. That's oh, literally no. the first comment that people give me. I had no idea that it existed. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But anyways, they get introduced. And they're even blown away at the fact that there's various sports that are playing. We don't cover flag 
a lot of people don't. Why don't you cover flag? I'm one person. There's just no, <laughs> you have to be devoted to one sport. There's just no way. I don't get paid to do any of this. So yeah. literally, you know what I mean? It works out to where I don't know if that's going to happen. But at, at some point down in the future, if we grow, obviously we might do that. But at this point, we really have to focus on just tackle and legend self play, which is similar to tackle. Yeah, you no, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's I need hard some enough. funding. Yeah. I need I need to go get some go I need to do a GoFundMe and see how much I earn there. But uh There I got you go. Um, yeah, no, so anyway, so it's you know, go to the hub and we work our butts off to try to get everything uh detailed out there. And I really want to thank um you know, artist boards, uh the um various photographers that supply us stills from all over the country and all over the world. And so I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Football America UK also did an article on Birmingham versus Orlando matchup, the international friendly. And then you also have a preview at the hub, the 2019 Swedish women's uh, gridiron season preview. That's there uh, courtesy of Americans, Americans football, which is basically American football, but in Swedish. And so uh, you can check it out there. You can also check out the video of, um, the Cabril Buren return TD by the Orlando Anarchy in the opening weekend, and Ruth Mata of the Birmingham Lions scoring a touchdown against the Tampa Bay Inferno. Check it out there. Um, we did have a press conference back Mexico as well, and that was uh, Chell Rubio did her um, press conference where she was detailing the plans for FFX Mexico to participate in the transatlantic all-star competition. So they're coming and they're bringing a squad. That'll be cool. All right. So, Abin, you got a bail, so I will uh, uh, hang out here. We're going to get Chris Sacco from Utah Girls Football League. She's going to be coming here in a couple minutes in the No Joke Football Huddle. And then we're going to just ride ship until the end. I believe Troy is not going to come on today because I know he had some some stuff that came on. But we'll catch you here next Tuesday if that's the case. All right. Talk to you later. Good luck with Crystal, longtime teammate of mine. All right, she'll be here in a bit, uh, and then we'll we'll be talking pretty much Utah Girls Football League, so that's going to be pretty awesome. All right, talk to you later. All right, so, guys, um, we have week one, La Fai, uh, uh, the Liga um, the, in Mexico. They just kicked off this week one. So we have highlights there by Artest Sports, uh, week one highlights as well by Artest Sports, and so uh, you can check it out at the Hub as well. Um, the FX press conference with the Chell Rubio on the Transatlantic All-Star event that's going to happen, uh, and that was put on by the Women's Gridiron Foundation, and um, and that's going to happen in, I believe, 2020. And so they're uh, building up to 2019 season, which kicks off next week, and then they're also going to try to get a national open tournament once again in the middle of the year to try to reassess all the regions and so they can put a national tournament together so they can evaluate for the next IFAB World Championship that's going to take place in 2021, I believe, in in Europe. So that's going to be big for them, trying to get them to another level. Uh, We do have the replay game, if you guys want to go watch it, replay game of the San Diego Rebellion against the San Diego Surge. Uh, I encourage you to go watch it on the page, um, San Diego Surge, Facebook Live, as well as on WNFC TV, and you can catch the game there. And then we also have two articles um, 
that were pretty pretty impressive. Tenth year anniversary of Legends Football League, and so Fourth and Feminine celebrates the uh, Legends Football League tenth anniversary. First and second teams. So there is a uh, article that was done um, on them, and so it goes through and kind of highlights the contributions of a lot of the players in the last 10 years in the Legends Football League. And there was a lot of, you know, contributors to it uh, in terms of certain players that have come around and created the league and they've made it what it is today. It also allows basically um, the opportunity to just kind of, you know, thank all those players that have made the league so much what it is today and what it's become today. And there's a lot of players uh, over the past 10 years that, you know, have left the sport. Uh, we're talking like Ann Erler, who came back this year, uh, used to played when the Green Bay Chill, also played for the Saskatoon Sirens in LFL Canada, Heather Fur of the Chicago Bliss, also played with the Saskatoon Sirens in LFL Canada. Um, Dakota, Dakota Hughes, who obviously has returned, thought uh, she's left, so it's Atlanta Steam. Then, obviously, uh, Ashley Salerno, um, which is a legendary quarterback in this league and a champion, multi-time champion in this league. And then running backs, can't Tamar Fennell, former WFA, um, you know, all-star with the Cincinnati Sizzle. Uh, she played with Cleveland uh, Crush, Chicago Bliss, Victoria Maiden, Saskatoon Sirens. Chris, you know, she's gone everywhere. LFL Australia, LFL Canada, kind of a pioneer of this league as well. Crystal Harris. Chicago Bliss, and then she played for Atlanta. This year she's playing for um, the Austin Acoustic. Who can forget Mary Rose Roach? The highlight reels of Mary Rose Roach, uh, former WFA All-Star as well, and um, LFL legend with the Philadelphia Passion, multi-time Eastern Conference champion, uh, and multi-time uh, you know LFL uh, finals appearances by Mary Rose Roach. Uh, St- Stevie Schnorr, BC Angels, uh, Nashville Knights, and obviously the Seattle Miss, and she's gone at pretty much everywhere. Um, and she's made such an impact in the sport. Wide receivers uh, with the caliber of Allie Alberts from Chicago. Um, now she's playing for Seattle. Anna Heisman, the uh, Aussie who played in Green Bay, was a highlight sensation in her time when she played in Green Bay. Uh, Jessica Hopkins, of course, Seattle Miss, BC Angels, a multi-time champion, as well as a dual country champion with BC Angels LFL Canada as well as a Legends Cup champion. A.J. Johnson, I mean, she played an amazing season there. If you ever saw her uh, with the Chicago Bliss. Uh, Bren Renda, uh, well, the Tower. Bren Renda, the Tower, uh, played with Tampa, Jacksonville, and Seattle Miss. And so there are a lot of tight ends. Tiana Michaels from the Baltimore Charms. Uh, Adrian Purnell, Tampa from Jacksonville as well. Adrian Purnell, pretty much a staple, a highlight reel for uh, Legends Football League for various seasons and she continues to be even after she's retired uh so so she's had a, a huge impact on the league in terms of her you know highlight reels and videos and and everything else jj thacker uh what a, an athlete on the first year when she played for the orlando fantasy uh the offensive line of course natalie yankee uh la with the multi-time champions there uh, Kristen moore the face of lfl uh for a couple of seasons there she was the face of the legends of, um, of lingerie football league at the time, Seattle Miss plus multi-time champion with BC Angels and Seattle Miss, uh, Carrie Small, uh, veteran, uh, pioneer. Uh, she started back in the day as well. 
Uh, Jenna Weiss, who could forget Jenna Weiss, uh, awesome baller there with Philadelphia Passion as well as Seattle Miss champion. Dina Wojcicki, Tampa and Jacksonville plus Atlanta at this point, and she's been a staple for the Atlanta, Atlanta team franchise. Uh, on defense, what can we say? Danica Brace, the beast. Danica Brace, Seattle Miss, Las Vegas Sin. Uh, highlight reels of Danica Brace is just a staple for LFL. LFL highlight reels right there. Kelly Campbell with the charm and the sin, really heavy hitter there. Aljum Shishindo with the vocals plus the, the hardware. Uh, she played in Saskatoon as well in Los Angeles Temptation. And then the first Hall of Famer, Monique Axiola of the uh, L.A. Temptation. You got Liz Gorman, second Hall of Famer uh, with the Tampa Bay Breeze, as well as most of her tenure with the Tampa Bay Breeze. Chelsea Hart, um, you know, Leanne Harding, what a, what a tough cookie there in Atlanta. Kim Perez, just a beast with Chicago Bliss. Uh, Jake Randall, multi-time MVP, probably the most celebrated athlete in terms of multiple uh, MVPs and uh, awards at this point. Uh, I would think at this point, Jay Randall will go to be an LFL Hall of Famer either this year or next year. She has all the credentials to be uh, an, uh, a legend, a Hall of Fame legend in Legends Football League. Uh, Sage Steinsmith, what an impact at, at the running game, especially when she was playing Tampa Breeze. And then she also played with Seattle. Uh, what an outstanding athlete, uh, bolts, and really, really good runner as well. Um, and then, yeah, Tyra, uh, Tyra Turley back in the day with the Miami Caliente, and she played with the Las Vegas Sin as well. Uh, Lauren Ziegler continues to just be at another level, also a Hall of Famer here. So really, really awesome. And then who can forget the coaching in the first-year tenure team of David Bizup, who uh, the first uh, lingerie or Legends Football League to take, uh, you know, three-peat, which basically three-time champion with the Los Angeles Temptation, set the bar for obviously Keith Hack of the Chicago Bliss. And that was an exciting, um, you know, first first five years, now 10 years uh, within that time frame. Then that's the first team that the uh, person feminine has uh, produced out there. The second team is more interesting because it's more recent, uh, but, you know, the Aussie, Jacinda Barkley, from the New South Wales Surge of LFL Australia and Chicago Bliss. Christy Bell, who played a standing in Philadelphia with multi-time champions, Mary Rose Roach as well. Uh, and uh, Ananka Dixon, who started it all with Miami Caliente in the Orlando Fantasy back in 2009-2010. Nikki Johnson, the highlight reel of Nikki Johnson, former WFA All-Star as well. Uh, and with Regina Riot. I mean, Regina Riot, Regina, um, the Regina squad over in the LFL Canada and Las Vegas as well. And so um, KK Matheny, of course, she's still playing Tampa, Seattle, Nashville. Uh, Tashe Winfrey at this point, one of the caliber, more standout players in the last three seasons with the Austin Acoustic. At running back, Carmen Borso, uh, just a tough cookie, basic, basic, just muscle upon muscle. What, a, what an exciting player to watch in terms of run, the run game. Kyle DeHaven, just a beast when she was playing for Baltimore Charm. Um, Dominic Malloy, at this point, what a, what a speed. That just speed at all. Uh, Jalissa McCurry from Philadelphia as well in the uh, Toronto Triumph. Uh, Tasha Pryor playing Chicago. Um, you have basically um, Tina 
Takavale uh, from, from Miami uh, Caliente from the original uh, days in the uh, Legends Football League, Jennifer Cross from Orlando Fantasy, uh, Lilani Lopez. At this point, if she, if she comes back, it's going to be pretty exciting for her. Um, but, you know, what a highlight reel in terms of the last four and a half years for the Austin Acoustic here, but the last three years for them. But what a highlight reel for them. Melissa uh, Margulies, uh, Los Angeles Temptation as well. Kind of a nice running back, but very impactful. Candace Mosley, probably one of the premier tall players in uh, Legends Football League history when she played for Dallas and really good receiver as well. Jody Nettles, uh, former WFA as well and uh, all-star flag national champion with the Atlanta Steam. And then Taylor Thompson from the Orlando Fantasy. And then you get tight ends. Sydney Frolick uh, from Minnesota. Uh, she's played up north as well um, with the LFL Canada. Misty Gonzalez, she's been a journey woman pretty much from Seattle to Pittsburgh to Austin, and she's been very durable and very good on the line as well. Shari Onley, uh, what a beast. New South Wales Surge, Chicago Bliss. You catch her highlights there for LFL Australia. She's still one of those highlight reels that you're going to remember back and forth. Uh, May Gamble, Chicago Bliss. Megan Hansen, still the beast, playing, especially now with the Austin Acoustic. Uh, Holly Gistra, just playing with the Temptation this year. And what a journey center for her. Uh, started in Green Bay, went to Chicago Bliss, and then to Los Angeles Temptation as well. And then Nicole Peterson, also another journey player, started the LFL office and then went into to play. Uh, Jenna Robertson, Philadelphia Passion as well. Tracy Wilmore, um, just remember her for a long, long time. A legend as well, played in Tampa, and then with the defunct uh, Pittsburgh Rebellion. And then you cannot forget uh, Tessa Barrera of the Los Angeles Temptation. What a highlight reel. That is somebody that you've got to watch over and over and over and over. Uh, Chloe Butler, another uh, highlight reel that you got to watch. Played for the Temptation, New, New South Wales Surge. And then Jackie Wood, the Wolverine Jackie Wood of the Omaha Heart. Uh, Daniel Harvey, legendary hit. Um, really good, durable player. What a baller of the Los Angeles Temptation. Uh, Daniel Hawkins, another baller. Played with Omaha on that great defensive squad. Back with Omaha was relevant in terms of defense. One of the squads that beat um, the, uh, the Breeze and KK Matheny in one season. So it was really awesome. Kate Marshall, one of the standout superstars that helped the BC Lions up in Canada win the L uh, LFL Canada Championship. And then Remy Allensock, who's played in the WFA as well with the, with the Pittsburgh Passion. And she's played with Cleveland and the Rebellion as well. Teresa Petruzzulli, what a beast. Uh, that woman right there has been just everywhere. Journey Mormon everywhere, but she is an impactful player. Hats off to her. One of the players that I would probably, uh, you know, just put up there in terms of long-term Hall of Famer because she just has that impact um she's played with you know the crush seattle miss omaha hearts um just huge and she's done really well uh deborah poles back in the old school chicago bliss when they first started really impactful shannon raining as well with chicago bliss uh cynthia smith uh obviously not as impactful with the temptation but of the lfl in terms of you know poster poster girl but also very impactful in terms of you know, uh, with the Las Vegas Sin, 
in terms of wide receiver. Uh, Cam Warner, the Cam Warner, probably the most amazing uh, Seattle Miss running back in a long time when they first started. Uh, what a what a beast as well. And you got to go back to um, Coach Chandler Brown, Philadelphia Passion, uh, and obviously Chris Michelson now, and then Dane Robinson. So check out the article there. Pretty much the list of the 10 years of some of the most impactful players by fourth and feminine uh, in terms of 10 years of Legends Football League play. All right, guys, we're going to the huddle right now, sponsored by Zazzle.com. And like I said before, 40% off. You can get everything at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. Till tomorrow, 4:10 midnight, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, midnight Pacific. You can use spring season, 40% off T-shirts, leggings, and everything else. So support the podcast and head over to Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. So let's go into the huddle right now, and let's talk to the – talented former Utah Falcons and co-founder of the Utah Girls Football League, Crystal Sacco. How are you doing, Crystal? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Um, Can you hear me? Just wanted to bring you on because uh, five-year anniversary, big deal. It is, you know, a program that is, you know, just trekking and trekking. All of a sudden now it's, you know, you said before on most of your interviews that I've that you had 40 girls to now 400 almost over 400 girls so very impressive in terms of year-to-year recruiting and obviously the willingness to get the all these girls to want to play the sport yes we are at 430 girls right now I can't believe it and we still have people that are messaging us because they want to get our their daughters in this year already again even more Crystal, tell us a little bit about the evolution. Um, you, you're, you're five years in. Uh, everybody probably knows a uh, very, very good program to start in terms of, you know, we have other programs now that have followed, you know, at, uh, Georgia, Indiana. There's a lot of other places that are setting up some of the same concepts that you're setting up. But this is the first program of its kind in terms of the high school level or below for girls to play. Normally, girls have to play on either on a boy squad or things like that, like they do in the international scene. So um, tell us how proud you are at this level of participation now. I think it's incredible. I knew, like in my vision and also my friends and Sam Gordon's and her father's and, of course, just the community, like we all knew that this was going to take off because – what makes me proud that the girls can go on a team with other girls because my belief is boys are built differently. As soon as they, the boys are, you know, in junior high, it's like the girls don't get to play all the skilled positions like they do in my league, which I find fascinating. And, of course, they build a bond and stuff like that. So that's what I'm proud of, that they get to experience football. Crystal, the, the, the impact of, of the league itself is no different than, you know, the women's leagues, right? Because you, you get uh, teamwork, you build up, you know, morale, uh, you know, support each other. Um, you get to learn something of a skill set as well. So all, all life tools that eventually are going to get these girls to another level, not just in the sport. So even if they branch out of your league and never play tackle football ever again, they're going to take a lot of good things out of the, you know, from the participation. Yeah, just like, I mean, I don't know if you've played football before, but 
I think everybody should experience the sport because it's it's so life changing. Um, learning how to step on a field with people that you may or may not like, but when you're on the field, coming together as one and to make the game work, everybody has to do their position, and they have to honestly kick their ego aside because if they put the ego in, then that's when I feel that people start losing games. To learn that concept, teamwork, I feel that, I mean, that's life-changing. That's that's what I'm proud of. And I've seen girls all shapes and sizes that can't do gymnastics because they're too paranoid about their shape or they're like, I'm not going to join ballet or, you know, all the sports that are classified as girly. And, and of course, I've got divas that, like these little princesses, you know, that <laughs> I had a girl that showed up on the field for the first practice with these long nails and her, a nose ring. And, you know, she's in high school and she has long hair. And I look at her, I said, you're going to have to take the nails off until the end of the season. <laughs> and we're going to have to do something about the nose ring. You know, and she did it because she wanted to learn football. And, you know, they didn't get to learn that. Uh, a lot of A lot of girls don't get to learn and women too you know a lot of these women that are playing now they didn't get to play football with other girls unless they were on boys teams crystal the utah falcons program is that something that you're that you took some from your experience there and kind of implemented it into this league at at this point or was it something just you you know together with everybody else just come up with this came up with the whole the whole program in itself well, I didn't found the Falcons. So with, with the Falcons, I actually played with the women that are on the Falcons. So Hiroko Jolly, she was the founder, um, I think, with her husband and a few other people. But I played, I played with them on the Utah Jinx. So the year that that split off, I actually took a break from football to plan for the Utah Girls Tackle Football League. And then that's when Hiroko Jolly, Louise Bean, all of them got together and they founded the Utah Falcons. So I had to actually hang up my shoulder pads and helmet with my friend, Angela Cox. We both had to, like, hang it up to be able to start a girls program because we play in the spring, you know. I couldn't do right. both. It was impossible. I mean, yeah, I would yeah. have been exhausted even more than <laughs> I already am. So, Crystal, the the program now has certain grades, right? Initially, you started with yes. a certain a certain grade. Now we have multiple grades, right? Can you tell us a little bit about those levels? So, what happened was the first year, Brent Brent Gordon, Sam's dad, he's like, let's start with just fifth and sixth graders, and let's just get fifty girls and form four teams, eight on eight, you know, eight man versus eight. And I said, okay, let's do that. And we just started with fifth and sixth graders the first year. The second year, we added, we did fifth and sixth in junior high. The third year, that's when we added fifth and sixth junior high all the way up until 12th grade with the high schoolers. So we added each year. Obviously, we kept adding levels. And now we're getting to the point where certain areas, like in the area that I coach in, we have two teams two high school teams just in my area. So it, it, we don't really call it A and B team, but it, it's like, it's like I don't know, I feel like I have a lot of sophomores, uh, freshmen and sophomores 
and the other team has more 11th and 12th grades. So the structure is there now in terms of, you know, the certain, uh, I guess, age groups, if you want to call them. Structure is already pretty much in place for that. Now, the state has always been very accommodating. I know the Falcons get, you know, supported by the state and everything else. What can you say about the state? I know there's barriers still, right, in litigation for certain things to get, you know, you know uh, we, to be fair, in other words, with high schools and stuff like that. I know there was things in, in litigation, but overall the the participation has been a very positive. So I don't see why that would be an issue in terms of legality, but it's just the way it is with, you know, things in, in certain states. Well, if you think of it this way, we started a youth program just like the boys, you know, because here in Utah we have the youth conference and they play in the fall. We did the, you know, similar thing. The only thing we do not teach is special teams because that pre- prevents concussions. There is no reason right. for special teams right now. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's how we differ right now from women's football as well. But um, I think, and I think we it's have smart. been able to get pretty much what we want. And I, I know Sam Gordon has played a big role in that because she, you know, she was already very – she started paving the way for girls. I believe it was when she was eight years old. So having her has been a big asset to our community. Um, and I feel like we have not had any issues getting fields and stuff like that. I think part of it is just fundraising, being nonprofit. I mean, the reps, we got the reps, we have our security, we have our concessions. I, I don't, I don't feel like Utah has done anything where they're like, no, you can't play here because, you know, you're a girls' league. Right, right. But you get you get a nice participation. How about the, any type of sponsors? Are you getting a positive in terms of parents or helping out with the communities and within when the, where the teams are located now or where some of the the bigger groups yeah, are at? Yeah. So what each what each team does is they set up their own fundraisers so that way the girls can have like their end-of-the-year party, their snacks, like their halftime snacks. We have a teen mom that actually plans all that stuff out um, where she's like, okay, which mom is going to bring orange slices and bananas and Gatorade? Like, which mom is going to bring this? So we all kind of come together, and then each team will sell their T-shirts, like with the team name and uh, decals and stuff like that. So we just do fundraisers. As for big sponsors, we think our sponsors, like, we pretty much have like uh, a few local businesses that will sponsor that will co- so that will cover our refs and our field costs and stuff like that and our police officers because we always want to make sure we have security at the game. Crystal, I saw you uh, doing some live. Uh, it was like four fields, I think, uh, on your on uh, your latest uh, live post. There was like di- in different games, right, with diff- different age groups in one field. So is that a weekend in certain sections or certain areas, or is it all all the games are centralized in one, one part of the, you know, I think city or different cities? Yeah, it just depends. So pretty much let's say Harriman is playing Riverton, you know, and it's a high school. They would go on field A. You know, let's say there's an, the, and then right behind them will be the elementary division. It'll be like Grant, West Granite Quake versus – Bingham, you know, so that's how we set it up. So there's one, two, we have one, two, three, four fields. So we have four games going on at the same time. 
one usually at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then one, I believe, at around 10.30, and the last one will be at not at 12. So we have a total of 24 teams, and all 24 teams will play each game day. It's pretty impressive. That's almost like the soccer mentality, right, that what they do in soccer? I know in my area that's what they do. When you go with soccer, you got like six fields, and everybody's playing on a three-hour block things like that. So I guess that that works pretty well too. Exactly. And I love our refs. I really love our referees. They're they're uh they're positive. Especially I mean this last game was a preseason game and a lot of the girls were brand new. Some have never picked up a football. So the the refs aren't going to sit there and just throw flags like the first day. One coach is allowed on the field um to kind of help out with getting people on the line correctly, learning the rules. So that's why we set up the preseason game. Now next week is a different story. The refs will start throwing the flag. The coaches have to stay on the sideline. You know, but we do that just to kind of break the ice for the girls. It's kind of nice again, to have that uh, break in the shell a little bit with confidence, right? That's literally what you're trying to do, is just be, making sure that they're alert to what they have to do and then being confident in the fact that they can get in and out based on, you know, uh, shift changes and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Um, it's Crystal. So is it, what, what's the committee? Is it like yourself and three other people? I mean, what's the non the nonprofit really build on? Is it more than, you know, a handful of people besides, you know, Sam well, and her, her dad? <laughs> we're funny because honestly, like we don't, I mean, I know we have titles and stuff, but like we don't even think about that because we work so well together but it's just a small mm-hmm. group group of us. Um, right this year, it's me, Brent Gordon. We're like co-founders, and then we have our lead president, Jason Dixon, and our vice president, Sean Gates, and Dave Bollard. He does our our marketing. Um, so we have like a variety of people, and of course, our vice president's wife helps out a lot. She's she she's very helpful and. You know, it's a small group of us with, you know, I think what it is is really because we put it, we made it about the girls and not us. We don't even, we don't use titles. I never, I don't really walk around and say, I'm the commissioner of the Utah girls, you know, because I, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's mainly about, it's, it's about them. So you don't, I don't even think our Crystal, you don't, you don't have a lapel. Right. You don't have a lapel. A what? A lapel yeah. on your shoulder. I know. I'm, I might need one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but it sounds it sounds really interesting. Play- yeah. It is. When after the season's over, I'm so exhausted that I don't even want to see another football. It was, so when the boys come around like I don't even like hardly watch football during the men's season, but these a lot of the coaches and they end up coaching their sons. So that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. These these dads will come and coach their daughters. And then they turn around in the fall, and then they coach their sons. So they have football year-round. And yeah. I used to do, you know, I used to coach the boys and girls, but I can't do that anymore. It's it's really, it's, it's exhausting. So I give the parents props for being so supportive. I hope you're getting massage and a lot of swim time just to kind of ease oh your gosh, tension. Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I teach, I, I, I give massages and I teach swimming and, I'm, no, I'm hoping you're getting people. massages and some swim time. 
looks oh, like yeah. you need it. No, I'm, I, yeah, I just booked a massage with one of my friends because I'm like, I need some body work. It's very, yeah. my job is very physical, so. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. It's like, but I mean, I wanted to bring you on because I wanted to give you, you know, you had a boy, um, especially with the news that it's over 400 girls participating in this program. And I've seen it grow from day one, you know, from the first year. And now we're like, we're like in five years in, you know, and I mean, that's pretty impressive. And that's the reason I wanted to, you know, bring you on and just give you guys, you and obviously the people that are making it happen. And then it's a credit to the parents that truly believe in you guys, because a lot of times that's where you, you, you end up a barrier, like on the men's and boys squad. Sometimes you got parents that are just a lot of bunch of egos thinking that they can know better and things like that. And, and reality is just, you know, the fact is everybody's got to work together, you know, to give the uh, the kids the experience and a nice experience and also, you know, just the fun part of the game. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I, I appreciate our parents. I mean, we have our our little drama here and there, but it's not that bad because the coaches are trained, you know, where they're trained through USA football, heads up football, and they're also, we teach them you guys need to talk to your parents before the game. And then all the parents need to talk to their cousins and people that come and watch the game. If there's any negativity and they say anything bad and it, they are thrown out because that's one thing we do not tolerate is um, drama that way. Like, like, we just, like heckling? We just have no like bad, bad heckling? Huh? Yeah. Bad heckling, yeah. in other words? Yeah, yeah. You start. I've seen it at you know baseball baseball games, uh, you know high school games, and I've seen it at you know that kind of level where parents just get a little bit over the top. You know what I mean? They start harassing the the ref. They start. I mean the umpire is at this point. And they start. Then they start going on to the coaching, and you know just just it's really uncalled for. Really, yep. it's just what it is. And unfortunately, that really brings the experience down. You know, you're there to watch your kid excel and do the best they can. And if they don't cut it, it's not a problem. You know, it's it's not a one-week season. It's through the year, and then you learn from it. That's what I try to teach, you know, anybody that I've coached before, you know, in, in any type of environment. It's just the fact that, you know, don't take it so serious. Just, you know, but but also improve on your capabilities. That's really what it boils down to, you know. Don't take it so serious that you have to be, like, so good at it, you know, because some kids just – this is just a fun time and other kids really like it and they, they take it seriously. Exactly. And I think this is what I tell the girls and I also tell the parents this. I say, look, you guys, we are one of the only leagues. We are the only leagues this big. You know, we're one of a kind that get to play football against other girls. Do you know, and I say, do you know how many girls around the United States and even in different countries that would love to do this sport, you know, and, and then you guys are acting this way. So I, I, I put my foot down when it comes to that because I want them to appreciate what they have. I'm going to be honest because it's, they, other girls are seriously dying to play, to have this opportunity. But honestly, we get we're so well respected, and I think that's part of the reason why. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of leadership too, you know, because you got to treat it no different than a business. 
and your branding is a business and it's it's detrimental to the participants which would be the you know the girls that you guys are trying to like you know encourage and get everything going and it becomes a downer right with the negative and that's not good for anything it doesn't good for anybody so it's it's good that you guys you know at least have like you said it's a firm stance on certain things and you're disciplined on others and making sure that people understand why not just because, you know, like you said, you're laying the foot down, just because you're laying the foot down. Yeah, I'm like, girls would love to come out and play in our league, and they can't because they live in, you know, they live far, you know. I want to see, this is my end goal, to be honest. I want to see high school football for girls, for young women. And I also want to see youth girls leagues all over the United States. You know, and I'm only one person, so I, I, Crystal, have I want you, the girls to do have it. You, have you talked to, like, Manitoba up north? Manitoba was obviously yes. the first program I think that I know of. Um, they do a fantastic job, just like you do, and their their numbers have increased yeah, almost, uh, I think. Yep. I've talked to them, and I've talked to Indiana. Um, they're mm-hmm. The guy that's in charge of that, he called me, and he was so nervous that first year. And we spent several hours on the phone. I said, do not give up. I said, you need to get your first 50 girls. This was the 2016, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. I said, you need to get your first 50 girls. And he's like, well, I'm not, they're not, I'm not getting any elementary kids. I said, what about junior high? And he got mm-hmm. to middle school. And that's how he started. I think people mm-hmm. need to step aside and put their fear aside and allow it to happen and just, dive into it because if you don't then it's just you know we're not going to be able to grow in other states yeah and i the credit to you because now it's kind of like a staple for you guys to just get noticed just like manitoba gets noticed in canada um but reality is a lot of work a lot of work has gone into it even on the northern side program as well before that uh, a lot of you know things with barriers sponsors equipment you name it. There's just, obviously there's a lot of things that go with you know with the, with the nonprofit mentality, of course, because you're you're obviously seeking some sort of support for it. So it's you know it, it's not as easy as people would think when they read up on it and go, oh my God, there's a girls girls Utah girls football league. But you know this, the backstory is always interesting to know as to how it started, how it's evolved, and at the level that you are now in terms of getting accepted by the community, and then the numbers of you know parents first but also the the number of girls, to your point, that really want to play the sport. Exactly, and I couldn't have done it without the parents. Neither, none of us, our our board. Like, if the parents didn't sign up, then this would not exist. You know, and the parents had to be strong and be like, oh my gosh, Kay, we're going to put our daughters in a, a collision sport, but we would rather put them in with other girls where they're going to be safe and they get to play the position mm-hmm. that they want than mm-hmm. to put them against high school boys and they only get to do kicker or maybe they'll get to right. be running back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, or defensive or defensive I, position of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, there's special women out there that can play with the men, but personally I couldn't, I'm only five one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm short. I mean, I probably could. But now I, I would probably freeze up. So, Chris, uh, what is the 
2019 season going to look like here? I mean, different levels. Uh, is, is it the new division, the excitement? I mean, you started at a certain level, obviously, and then you added division. So what is the exciting division that you guys have done this year that sort of, like, excites you? It excites me the fact that we have more teams. And then our championship game, we we played it on a high school football field last year. So this year we're going to invite uh, the elementary. We had junior high on the, the high school football field last year too. So for our championship game, we're going to have elementary division and then the next is going to be junior high and then high school. That excites me to play under the lights, like to be, you know, they can get the feeling of what it's like to be on a high school football field. Hopefully one day in the NFL, you know, I want them, to, these girls are, they're, I, I honestly, I believe that this, these, this next set of girls, I think they're going to pave the way. They're going to pave the way all the way up until the NFL somehow. I don't know. I, I just, I believe it. Well, I can tell you right now, um, the two leagues, the women's leagues, are making a lot of ends roads. You know, on one side, I, know. I don't know if you watched any of the games this weekend, but, you know, pretty exciting games in terms of, like, the WNFC with the broadcasting uh, from what's coming up, which is they're going to be on Roku, on Apple, on the Android platform, um, things like that. And then you got WFA, obviously, you know, growing as well. So, I mean, your league literally – is sort of like a fire starter in a way for a feeder system, if you want to call it that. Feeder. Like you said, because yeah. this is where the next group of women are going to come to, you know, elevate the sport or bring the sport and more attention. And we could see that because I can see it. I can see it in, you know, maybe another 10 years, you're looking at a, a situation where some of these girls that you're just, you know, they're just in their infancy are going to be the next, you know, top players in either the WFA, the WNFC, or another league that maybe shows up. I agree 100%. And the fact, I mean, they're like young entrepreneurs. They're not going to give up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Sam Gordon and her friends, and then you have, you know, the, the women that are involved in the NFL. Like, think about Samantha Rappaport and, you know, her crew of people and the first female rep, the first female college coach, like Sally Bronson. Like, if you think about mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's like these people are paving the way, like, big time. And I I think it's awesome. The more people we get to step up, it's just, I, like I said, there's going to be a women's NFL. I, I know it. Hopefully I'll get well, I think know, it's, long I think it's currently it. in the mix. I think it's probably currently in the mix. Yep. We'll see which one of those is going to get us to that next level. But. Uh, you know, it's a first step. This weekend was pretty exciting. I don't know if – for me, it was pretty exciting to get to watch uh, some games, four games in one single platform and actually get to view it. I didn't have four uh, monitors, but it would have been nice to have four monitors because I would have been right there with my popcorn. Unfortunately, I was on the road yeah, with my I laptop. Yeah, I can watch some of that. Yeah. And I, now, I, if you want to watch – the Falcons are awesome. I, yeah. I think that their organization – very organized and they have some awesome athletes and then that's the cool thing as soon as the girls are seniors and they graduate they can go on the falcons and then they can also go on the utah blitz and that team's been around since i don't remember what year they started but it's up to the girls like they it's, been a, pick, it's been a long time it's cool yeah i don't i don't know crystal but utah has really 
I don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like kind of like a feel good state. And the fact that they, that this program is growing and the fact that, you know, a team like you, uh, the Utah Falcons is recognized by this, by the governor and the state and for excellence, it really helps you also at the same time, because this is, this is no different than the Falcons. Your organization is growing and putting opportunity for, you know, young girls that want to try something new, which is, you know, tackle football, but also at the same time, give them a love for the sport that long-term also gives them good uh, structure for if they move on beyond the sport, which is kind of like, you know how you go teachers and you thank teachers. Like I have some teachers that I see all the time and, and some of the coaches that I known when I was growing up and I see them around town and, and it's kind of like nice to say, you know, thanks for helping me out or thanks for allowing me to, you know, to be this kind of person now, or uh, thanks for, you know, all the time they put in to me. I, I think that's going to be the, the greatest feeling in the world. I agree. 100%. I say, I say we do whatever it takes to, you know, continue this path. It's going to be a great, exciting season. So um, this weekend is your kickoff weekend. You said this coming next weekend is a kickoff weekend? Yes. So how many teams are we anticipating? 24. Wow. I know. It's amazing. I'm just, I, I, every time I walk on the field in the morning, we're setting it up and I just like, and it's quiet before everybody gets there. I just get this like, and you smell the grass and you just get so excited. Like it's, it's an overwhelming, joyful feeling. I, I wish I is could. Is it goosebumps? Do you get the goosebumps when you walk up and you're like, this is this is game day? <laughs> and then yeah, everybody and then starts coming up in. And then the team coming in. Yeah, and the teams start warming up, and next thing you know, they're playing, and then the dads and moms are running down the sideline, like, and the coaches and everybody's just, it's such a positive energy. Like, and one day you'll have to come out. I'm trying to make my way over there. Um, unfortunately, I got circumstances at home with my wife and some injuries and foot and all this other stuff. So, you know what I mean? It's just things just work out yeah. that way sometimes. But, but overall, I'm trying to make an make an effort to get out there. Um, and that's the reason I try to like, you know, get our staff to like as you post stuff and get things up there and photo stills and things like that. Um, just keep it relevant on our page because. I really want everybody to understand, you know, we, we cover the whole thing in a scope, you know, it's just like a microscope type mentality. We're covering the international scene. Oh, we're covering it. the North American swing. And then all of a sudden, you know, now we're covering your league, which is the premier league for, you know, youth girls tackle football. And so a lot of, a lot of the messages I get crystal is why isn't it in my state? And I used to have to just say, you know, contact them, figure it out. Um, you know, things like that. But, you know, a lot of people are blown away. They're blown away. Uh, they're blown away at the fact that women play football, and then now they're blown away at the fact that youth girls play football. So it's kind of nice in that way to kind of like just open eyes, in other words. I agree. And if people that are listening right now, if there's women out there that want to start, or men that want to start a girls' league, you know, have them reach out to me because – I can give them some stuff like, you know, just, hey, this is how we did it. Like, I can mentor them. Right. And I'm, surprised that there's, I'm surprised that there's not a lot more, but it, it is a time. It's a, it's a, 
no different than uh, youth soccer, no different than any other youth sport. Uh, I think intricacy on it. I was going to ask you, one of, a, one of my uh, uh, fans are asking me, how is, how is the gear uh, purchased or how is the helmets purchased? Is that through the parents? Is it through funding? How is each team supplying their equipment, in other words? So each year, of course, um, there's a player's fee, but ours, we do our best to keep it under $200. I mean, come on. And then elementary, they pay like, I think it's like 90. It's really cheap. Um, so that covers, that's supposed to cover their gear. I think the most expensive thing for us is when we need extra gear, also jerseys. Jerseys is like, that's where we always have to like, come up with quite a bit of money for last minute. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. my goal is to eventually get like a car dealership or somebody big to be able to sponsor the jerseys every year. I mean, we just made it to season five. So it's like, okay, now I need to really push for big sponsors. But honestly, our board comes together. We have, we just somehow come together and make it happen. Yeah, are you getting USA backing of some sort, like any type of? Uh, yeah, I mean you get the you get the uh, like the little grants and stuff that helps a lot. Yeah, the grants and yeah, so it's kind and of then spread the Gordon out. Family, they've done Brant Gordon's done so much for our league, like he's put in a lot. And then also, I have a couple of friends that helped sponsor the league the first year for us, the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Linda and Reese, you know, I appreciate all those people that step up and say, here, this is what we're going to do for you. It's, we do it as a community. Yeah. That's the, that's the exciting part about it. The fact that you can get everybody to kind of buy into it, but at the same time, see the value. I think that's where you really have to see the value of it. Once you see the value, like you said, with the, you know, the, the life lessons, the participation, the confidence and everything put together. And then maybe, you know, a, 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 a small percent, just elevate themselves to that next level, like you said, to a, to the Blitz or to the Falcons or at some point in that regard. Um, it's awesome. So, uh, Crystal, I really uh, really appreciate you making the time. I know you were, like, busy, busy. And I just wanted to thank you for, you know, coming on board, giving, um, you know, the listeners here kind of a perspective of what Utah Girls Football is all about. And since you're going to be launching next week, I thought it would just be, you know, kind of nice to, to bring you on this this Tuesday prior to the uh, season kickoff. And then hopefully, you know, we're going to maybe touch base before the championship, but uh, are you guys going to be posting the stills again this year? Like you did uh, week to week or how's that going to work out? Yeah, we will. So yeah, we will definitely. And then we'll have some stuff on our website as well with, you know, who's going to go to the championship game and stuff like that. So we'll post all those details up. So you got, uh, what are you on? Are you on every platform? Are you on Instagram? I know you're on Instagram. You're on uh, Twitter. You're on Facebook, right? And you've got your own website. I need to update the Twitter and the LinkedIn. The Instagram and Facebook are the two that I really just hit hard. So that's what we hear from as well. So. So it's going to be great. Um, so April 13th, this com- is it uh, Saturday, is when the big kickoff starts with the 2014s? Yep, at 9 a.m. So if they need any more info, how do they get a hold of you? Is it through uh, the social media sites, or do they need to go to the contact us uh, on the website? 
they can go through us, the contact us on the website. That's the best because then we can answer the emails or you can give them my phone number. I can send it to you. Yeah, I think you texted me uh, the phone number. I think uh, so I will have that as a reference. Um, but uh, overall, um, Crystal, congratulations. Great job. Uh, give you a shout out and your props and obviously to the staff behind you that obviously makes it happen. And, uh, you know, shout yeah, out to all the uh, 400, 400 and other girls out there that are going to just, you know, kick ass on the field this this season. Uh, we're looking forward to covering it and sharing it and doing everything we can on on our end. And, Alexa, you're welcome to come back, you know, maybe the week before, make a Tuesday uh, available, and then we can talk about the championship and the excitement of, you know, obviously season five ending and things like that. Sounds great. And I'll try to go live you know, kind of each game day, like do some live clips and stuff so you guys can share it. And I'll continue to share your yeah. stuff too. Yeah, no, the, I really like the live thing because it's sort of reality for a lot of people. And the video is way more impactful than stills and because of the fact that you're live on the field. And, you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's it's here. It's real, that kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool in, in that sense. Um, so is Sam playing at all this year at all in the high school realm at all? Yeah, I believe so. And she's playing soccer, too, so she's still doing the same thing. She's awesome. She's such a humble girl for everything that she's done. She's very well-grounded, and she's a super athlete at heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just – you could – the her highlight reel is just such a joy to watch over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, hats off to her for – getting, uh, you know, into the, the NFL 100, uh, you know, video that was for the, um, for the 100 uh, NFL season. So, I mean, that was just, what a credit to her, you know what I mean? And for her to be, yeah, that's, commercial that's, I've ever, it was amazing. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, that was really girl. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And they know, nobody, they know nobody like knew her did. except for us. That's what I kept telling the staff. Nobody knew her except for us. When we saw that, it was like the rest of the media and the rest of the non-football, you know, women's football world said, who's that? And we're like, what? That's like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's like superstar for us. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, arrived. So it was a really huge. Well, that's cool because they got to ask the people that didn't know, and now they do, which I find it fascinating. And she doesn't let, like, if people say anything negative on social media, she's like, she handles it like a boss. Like she just doesn't let it bring her down in any type yeah. of way. And her family, like my, they just brush it off. Yeah. As my, one of my coaches used to say, the haters get buried. So just tuck them away and you're moving on. So it's way where, well, where it works. Media is better than, yeah. I figure yeah. If, if there's media, whether it's good or bad, it's media. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah. All right. So, Crystal, thank you for coming on. Uh, Get some rest. Um, Look forward to this weekend and see how, you know, the excitement's going to build up on the Utah Girls Football League uh, fifth season, uh, kicking off this weekend. Over 400 girls participating in the program this year. So, congratulations to you in the program. And we're going to keep tabs all season as well. So, just like we do everything else. So, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Crystal Sacco from Utah Girls Football League. Uh, We couldn't have uh, Junior Pardo today. Uh, Something else came up. So we will dive into the NFL draft next weekend. 
kind of figure out the aftermath of the AAF. Uh, Troy Wilson couldn't make it today, so I apologize for that as well. Pretty busy guy as well. Uh, Luis Bean was here. We talked excitement, WNFC, WFA. Week two coming up here. Uh, get the links at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. And before we get out of here, 40% off. Help us out with our project to spotlight more talented athletes in the uh, women's game. Go to the hub. Uh, get the link for the uh, zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty shop, the No Joke Football shop. 40% off today. Tomorrow night it ends. Today and tomorrow. Check it out. It's uh, midnight Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern. Use the code spring season. Get yourself some gear. Support us. Share some photos. I really, really, really appreciate everybody coming to the hub and um, making us our reach and our engagement way, way huge. So I really appreciate that. So next weekend, we're going to be talking about WNFC week, uh, week two, WFA week two, and we're going to talk about everything else that's women's tackle football that's happening overseas as well. So for Oscar Lopez, for the absent Troy Wilson, uh, Holly Custis, Mackenzie Brooks, and uh, Louise Bean, we'll catch you here next week for 269 as we talk more women's American football. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.